0: And good morning, everyone, and welcome to Pastor Paul's Bible Talk. Glad you're with me as we talk today about the biblical subject and Bible teaching. Is Jesus patriotic? That's my topic for this Bible Talk, which we release every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. And so glad you're joining me on this Saturday morning. I want to let you know those of you who may be following live on TikTok, I'm talking to the the audience that watches this recorded, that something exciting happening this weekend. Um, my wife and I are going to do another Paul and Ashley live. Now, we used to do this every Saturday that we would talk religion and politics, my wife and I, because she is a former elected official, two-time mayor of our city of Fresno, and I'm a pastor. And so we, we would talk religion and politics, and we used to do that once a week. Now we've taken it to once a month because it did get a little bit heavy and onerous on us. But this Saturday, today, if you're watching this recording at 1030 Pacific time, my wife and I will do our Paul and Ashley live stream talk about religion and politics at 1030 a.m. Saturday morning on YouTube on the Pastor Paul TikTok YouTube channel and on my TikTok feed. So now let's do our Bible talk for the week, where I get down and share a little bit about what I see in the Bible. And people have asked, I do a lot of commentary on culture and Christianity and politics. And I just had a lot of people saying, do you ever just do some Bible teaching, particularly people that have lost their church homes and, and church communities? They're like, do you just do Bible teaching? And so that is what our Bible talk is. It is my Bible teaching. And our topic today from the Bible is this, is Jesus patriotic? And let me start off with the story here today. Um, many of you may not know, before I was a pastor, I was a sports broadcaster. I did a regular sports radio talk show, and and I was a play-by-play guy for a lot of sports, which I loved. And uh, before that, I was a TV sportscaster, but back in college, as I was dreaming of one day being uh, on television and radio, um, I had, you know, small part-time jobs in radio as a DJ back in the days when they had DJs before huge corporations bought these things and they would just have some guy sit in a room and record a whole bunch of stuff out. And then they would play it over a ton of stations across the country and the job of disc jockey for a radio station went away. But I'm old enough that I did a little bit of DJ work and I worked for a, a radio station called KMIX, K-Mix. It was a country music radio station, which is funny because if you know me, you may know that I despise country music passionately. I grew up in the Midwest and have always hated country music with a passion. Any Anything with a steel guitar that goes, ring, 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 I, I hate it. Or the singer has a southern twang. Um, I just hate it, and I think it's because I grew up in the Midwest, and so I hate that. But I've always hated country music. But I worked for this country music station, and funny aside to the story is they they didn't like my name. My last name is Swerling, and they said that's too hard for people to under, to understand. They're not going to re- retain that with you as a personality. So they told me I had to change my name, and so I became Alan A. Fox. I was Alan A. Fox. It was the days of Michael J. Fox, maybe a little bit, but Alan A. Fox on K-Mix Country. Um, And one day a new song came out. And as I came into my shift, the DJ that was leaving before me, is like, oh, wait till you, wait till you hear this patriotic bullshit we just got in that they're making us play over and over and over. And it was a song by a singer named Lee Greenwood and let me sing it for you. It goes a little something like this: "And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free." I think it goes something like that. I don't know if that was an exact rendition. If I sounded exactly like Lee Greenwood, but it, but the song sounds something like that. It's a it's chalk on the it, it, on the chalkboard. Horrible. And we had to play that song over and over and over again. And the sad thing about that song is I will bet with July 4th being on a Sunday morning this year in America, that we're going to hear that song in any number of churches this year. And it begs the question, is Jesus patriotic? Because we will see lots of patriotism in our churches this this uh, this Sunday, with it being on July 4th. And and I've asked myself, you know, is that what Jesus would do? We always say WWJD. Then we never actually look at the Bible to see what would Jesus do. But uh, I did a TikTok on this. So let me start off by showing you my TikTok on the idea of patriotism and would Jesus have been patriotic? And this is my TikTok about patriotism and Jesus. Right wing Christians, sorry to tell you this, but patriotism and Christianity are not the same thing. This church with a boatload of American flags out front speaks to the worst of the mixing of our theology with our nationalism and our race. In Jesus' day, the religious leaders worried out loud that if Jesus kept doing what he was doing, they would lose their temple and lose their country. In other words, they believed if their religion was not in charge of the country, then the country wouldn't be the most powerful economic and military force in the world. And thus God's plan on earth couldn't occur. Sound like any religious and political belief you know of today? In the book of Jonah, Jonah told God, I'd rather be dead than live in a world where you have mercy on people that don't share my religion and nationality. And God mocked him and said, do you do well to think that way? And I'm convinced he would say the exact same thing to evangelicals in America today. So you may sing your patriotic songs in your church service this July 4th weekend. And I'm proud to be an American. And I think God will say to that church, do you do well to think this way? There's nothing wrong with loving your country, but when you begin to believe your religion will make the country great again, and your country being great will help God do what God wants to do in the world, your patriotism has taken over your theology and Jesus freaking hates it. That's right. That's my TikTok for the week on patriotism. And yes, I believe Jesus freaking hates it. And so I want to go into the Bible and dig in a little more to some of the verses I referenced in that TikTok video and more on why I believe Jesus would be adamantly opposed to to the patriotism. Now, I want to say one thing. I don't think that Jesus was not political. I hear that a lot, like Jesus would never be involved in politics. If you read the, the, the passages of Jesus, particularly the book of Mark, the gospels about Jesus' life, particularly Mark, are written in a way that is a jab at the Roman Empire. That you know, even the use of terms like apostle, Jesus was stealing a Roman term and and making it a part of his work. Uh, the virgin birth, um, other other things about doing things in his name. These were all shots at the Roman Empire because the Caesar at the time, Caesar Augustus. Uh, said that he had been born of a virgin said he was the son of God um, and used terms like this and and Jesus and his followers took those terms and made them into his in in his teaching and those were in fact, shots at the Roman empire. And I believe Jesus was saying on an ongoing basis, like, Hey, this government's not going to stand. So the idea that Jesus wouldn't be political, I don't agree. I think you can make the case of that from scripture, but I don't, I think he was coming against all of the religious and governmental institutions of the day. And the Bible tells us in Isaiah nine, in a passage, we say every Christmas that the government rests on the shoulders of Emmanuel, and to the increase of that government and of peace, there will be no end. So I don't think Jesus was anti-political, but I do believe absolutely anti-patriotic. And so let's look at the verses that I was referring to in that TikTok, and let me make that case for you just a bit here. And let's start with the Pharisees, uh, the religious leaders of the day, the good people of the culture, and what their belief system was, and, and how Jesus displayed standing against that belief system. And this is in the book of John, the gospel that was purported to be written by the apostle John uh, and, and chapter 11. And this is a passage where the Pharisees get together because they're getting a little bit concerned about how popular Jesus is getting, particularly because now Lazarus has been raised from the dead and the news of this has spread. And, and they're like, even, even the Pharisees are thinking we may have to kill Lazarus because Lazarus is a testimony for people to this guy's greatness. And uh, and that's a little scary for them. So the the Pharisees got together and, and the chief priest, and they gathered into a council and begin to say, What are we going to do? And and let me start reading at the end of verse 47 here of John chapter 11. What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, you know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. So let's look at that passage. This, is, these are the the leaders of the leaders of the leaders of the religious and national system of Israel and the Jewish religion. And the amazing thing about this story is you have the religious leaders, the good guys, and they're talking about how, hey, we're going to have to kill this guy that people think is the Messiah. And it just shows like when you start to buy into a religious system, you can start to justify many terrible things in your heart. And the Pharisees were definitely able to do that. So what is their concern here? They're saying, hey, we're going to have to do something about this Jesus guy because he's getting popular. And if he keeps getting popular like this, the Romans are going to come and take away both our place and in other translations, it says take away our temple and our nation. And why was that important? Why was it that the Pharisees were so concerned about losing their temple and their nation? Well, this was the belief system of the Pharisees, a belief system, by the way, that Jesus called the leaven of the Pharisees. And he said, if you don't beware the leaven of the Pharisees, you will become blind just as the Pharisees are blind and you won't have ears to hear or understand what God's doing in a season because you'll be blinded. And he was saying about the Pharisees, they're blind and don't understand that the Messiah they've been waiting for, for 400 years is standing right in front of their face. And so today, when people say, how can Christians believe in QAnon? I say, Jesus said, if you don't beware the leaven of the Pharisees, you'll become blind and deaf and not have hearts to understand what's happening in the season. And that leaven of the Pharisees, that, that religious system intertwined with a political and nationalistic and racist system will make you blind to what Jesus is doing. And that makes the exact Parallel, I see somebody saying on TikTok, an exact parallel between American evangelicalism, American right-wing white evangelicalism and, and the belief of the Pharisees that Jesus so critiqued while he was on earth. It was this belief, as you saw in my TikTok video there, it was our race, our religion has to be in charge of the country for the country to be great. And our country has to be great for God's plan to go forward in the world. That was the belief of the Jewish Israel religious leaders of the day. And the fact that Rome had come and conquered them and was oppressing them, they thought was an affront to God, which it is because God hates all oppression. And he hated the Jewish oppression of the Samaritans at the same time as well. And God hates the American right-wing evangelical church of suppression of anybody that has a religion that disagrees with them, their desire to impose their law politically. And he hates that that the right-wing evangelical church is unwilling to listen to the cries of our communities of color. And our LGBTQ community, everybody that is the marginalized and the outcast of the season. And I believe the Bible is explicit that when we start to say our religion needs to take control of the government of the country so that we can make the country great again, so that when the country is now again the economic and military power of the world, God's plan will exist on earth. We have let our ideology take over our theology, and we are now an apostate church. And that's what we're seeing here in John chapter 11. The Pharisees are saying, if if Jesus keeps being believed by the people, the Romans are going to come and they're going to take away our temple and take away our country. They're going to take away our religion, where we're going to become religiously oppressed, and they're going to take away our ability to run the nation. And if the nation is not made great again, why do you think we have make America great again? If the, if the country is not made great again, then God's plan can't go forward on earth. And do you see the fallacy of that belief that God needs a country or a religion for God's plan to exist on earth? It's such a a, a worship of a small, tiny, insignificant, weak God that needs a partnership with a church and a country to be able to have his plan go on earth. And I believe once a religious people start believing that, that the most important thing is that our religion and our country be strong, then we have lost a vision of who Jesus Christ really was and what he came to do and what he meant when he said, Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. And oh, by the way, here's a story to show you that your neighbor is that enemy that you hate. And that's exactly what we see here. Blindness of Pharisees who can say, we're the good religious people. And because of that, we're going to kill Jesus. And we may have to kill this Lazarus guy too, who was raised from the dead because he is speaking to the power of Jesus. Jesus never bought into this idea at all that his religion and his racial group his country needed to be in charge for good things to happen in the world not once when the pharisees came to him and said what what is your stance on roman taxation jesus part of what they were asking there is are you a good jewish son are you a good son of israel because they felt the taxation of Rome was the biggest affront. That's why the tax collectors were considered the biggest sinners of all in the society, because it was being traitorous against your own people to collect taxes for a conquering enemy. Because God's plan couldn't go forward on earth if Israel wasn't made great again and made the most powerful country in the world. And for evangelicals now, yes, we support Israel, but we believe that America is the embodiment of Israel now. And if If America isn't the most powerful economic and military country in the world, then God's plan will fail on earth. And it is a failed heretical apostate religious belief system. And because of of all of that now we see in our churches, and you will see it so much this this Sunday, flags in the churches, flags in the churchyard, singing the national anthem in the church. Uh, singing nationalistic hymns, singing that horrible, I'm proud to be an American, Lee Greenwood song. And I think Jesus would be affronted by it. When I was a pastor, senior pastor of a church on three different occasions, I had people ask me, why do we not have an American flag in the church? And I said, because when you come into the church of Jesus Christ, you're no longer an American. You're now a part of a higher kingdom that is higher. Jesus said, when you get to heaven, when you're in the kingdom of heaven, you'll no longer be Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female. You're a part of a higher kingdom now, and you're not going to identify as American. And when we bring American in there, now none of this is saying we hate our country, but I saw a great meme this week that said, in, in some ways, if you want to be a great Christian, sometimes you're going to have to be a not so great American because There are going to be times when that nationalistic, racist pull is going to take us away from the heart of Jesus in that. Um, he came to set people free and fulfill the promise of heaven that God would pour out God's Spirit on all flesh, on all people. That God not only loves Americans and Israelis, but He loves Iraqis and Syrians and Iranians and Saudi Arabians and Russians and Japanese and Taiwanese and Chinese and and Mexican and Guatemalan and and uh, Peruvian and Brazilian. God loves all people in all nations, equally as much that there is no nation that is God's chosen people um, saying, I'm going to do my work through you. That, that was a story written from, from a Jewish and a Hebrew perspective in the Old Testament, but it was it even had the backdrop of God saying, you're going to be my priest to all nations. You're going to bring all nations into the family of God. And so if we believe God prizes America or even Israel over other nations, we're missing the point of Jesus coming to earth and the message of God when he said, I want to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Got it? So when Jesus said, pay to Caesar what's Caesar's and give to God what's God's, that was a subversive anti his race, his religion, his nationality. That was an anti-nationalistic, anti-racist statement. Annie, in essence, was saying, I wouldn't be so bothered by the Roman government if you'll just partner with the kingdom of heaven on earth. Good things will happen and Rome will fall all on its own. And that's why, too, my QAnon following, friends, if you're really believing that Joe Biden is like a body double and a rapist and a pedophile, I believe your job shouldn't be to sit and scream about Joe Biden being a pedophile, which he's not, by the way. He's a TikTok. Don't take me off. He's not. That's all nuttiness. That QAnon stuff is absolute insanity that the Bible told us in Second Timothy that people would have itchy ears and follow strange myths. It's complete cuckoo-ness. But even if you believe it, what is the prescribed action? Let the kingdom of heaven advance on earth and the kingdom of heaven, the goodness of God being extant on earth will take care of all of those issues. So even if you believe QAnon to be true, even if you believe all this stuff, you're absolutely wrong in your prescription that my job is to call out Joe Biden as some horrible thing or Kamala Harris or Nancy Pelosi as some horrible thing. Um, You can disagree with them politically, absolutely, and have robust argument and discussion. I'm very concerned that President Biden did some more drone bombing. I, I think our drone bombing is something that we need to sit and examine and say, is it okay that war, is this easy for us? Is this easy for us to uh, throw bombs on people across the world and and just kill fairly indiscriminately? Um, So we can disagree robustly about politics, but I think if we start believing that, oh my gosh, God's plan on earth is not going to exist If America isn't made great again, we have now made ourselves taking ourselves into an apostate belief where our ideology and our theology have become so intertwined. Like the Pharisees, we can't tell the difference between the two. Even in the discussion with the woman at the well, she said, is is worship here like our fathers say or is it here like, like your race and your nationality said? And Jesus said, it's neither that nor that it's the kingdom of heaven advancing. And when Joshua saw the commander of the Lord's army, which was probably a pre new Testament sort of Christ vision, he said, are you for us? Are you for our enemies? And this commander of the Lord's army says, no, he doesn't even say I'm not for either side. He says, no, he says, the question you're asking is the wrong question. And so if you're on the pro-life side and calling everybody else a baby killer, you have stepped outside of your understanding or what Jesus tried to come and display as the kingdom of heaven. Um, you're absolutely wrong in your ideological and theological belief system because you've intertwined the two. So I'm going to tell you more about the one chapter in the Bible. I think every American Christian should be forced to read every year and why. But first, let me play a little commercial for you to help you uh, if you'd like to support the message of Pastor Paul and the nonpartisan evangelical. Patreon community because it's where all the nonpartisan deconstructing interaction happens. On the NPE Patreon page with Pastor Paul, you get special regular E-Inspire content that you can't get anywhere else. You get access to our podcast guests that aren't available to the public. There are special zoom sessions with Ashley and me and previews to what's coming next in the Pastor Paul world. You're invited into the private NPE Facebook discussion group and there's access to the audiobook version of Paul's novel Joseph comes to town, which isn't available anywhere else in the entire world and at higher levels of commitment, we can have one-on-one visits together or even coaching from my Pastor Paul coaching curriculum. The number one reason though to join the NPE Patreon community with Pastor Paul, to help promote this message, my message that God is not mad at the world. Your subscription helps fund the Pastor Paul work so we can bring this message to everyone everywhere. So help support the Pastor Paul nonpartisan evangelical Patreon community. Join the Pastor Paul NPE Patreon page and enjoy the benefits of your subscription today. And help me, Pastor Paul, share with those who have lost their faith community and need to know that God is not mad at them. Go to our website on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash NPE podcast. That's patreon.com forward slash NPE podcast. Why join? And that's right. I hope you'll join. Um, I hate to do commercials in here, but I do have to make a living and pay the bills for this thing. And by, I, I don't ask for handouts and gifts like most normal ministries do. I, I have a for-profit company, and we sell subscriptions. And I think that's the way to do it. So we don't pass the Sunday morning offering plate. We offer subscriptions and value. And so if you're watching on YouTube right now, you can see the QR code on your screen and just point at that, uh, point your phone at that and scan it, and it'll take you to our Patreon page. And if you subscribe, you get my audiobook and a whole lot of other cool stuff. So I appreciate you letting me have uh, that moment of sharing. And uh, thank you for those of you who already have been a part of, of helping make this all possible and uh, and again, I just think that's really important that we we sell subscriptions. I pay taxes. Um, I want to pay taxes because I like roads and schools and and good things in my community and I think um, churches I, I, I'm not for if they are serving a 501 C3 purpose, I'm all for them having tax exempt status, but if they become political bodies um, or if they're paying more salaries and more mortgage than they're taking care of the poor, then I no longer believe they're fulfilling a not-for-profit status. And I would say then probably uh, you should just go for profit and uh, say, hey, we would rather pay salaries than take care of the poor. And so be for profit and, and do it on the up and up and pay taxes like everybody else. And we're all good. So that's what I do. My company is a for-profit content creation company. And uh, if you like what I do, subscribe to my Patreon page and and we'll do it. All right. So now we're talking about is Jesus patriotic? And by the way, I'm going to put up on the screen one other thing. If you've lost your faith community, I saw somebody on TikTok saying, I wish I could attend your church. You can. We have a faith community that meets online on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Pacific. Uh, If you're watching on TikTok, you can go to the uh, link tree in my bio and get the link. Uh, You can join us in the Zoom room. You can watch it on TikTok or you can watch it streamed on YouTube. And it's not a church service. It's just a time we get together and share faith community together. We take communion together and it's a wonderful, wonderful time. So join us tomorrow morning for Sunday Community, 10 a.m. Pacific. If you're on TikTok watching live, This is recorded for Saturday, so when I say tomorrow, I mean Sunday. All right, so hopefully we got all that in and you guys got it. Now, what is the chapter that I believe Christians should be required to read every year? And it's this chapter, Jonah chapter 4. And let me tell you why. Jonah is the story of a racist, nationalist, religionist. Jonah is a racist, nationalistic, religionist person that believes there is no other true religion, no other race above his own and no other nation besides his. That's what he's been taught all his life. And he believes that's God's view of the world. He believes that his people, the Jewish people and the Hebrew people, are God's chosen people and that their nation is above all else. And I understand the story says they are the chosen people and nothing in what I'm saying is anti-Semitic. Nothing in what I'm saying says you ought to be able to turn to your Jewish friend and say, you guys are terrible because that's not the truth. God did have a special relationship with the Jewish people and I believe still does to this day because of the purity of their heart in pursuing the truth of God. But again, I think God's purpose with the Jewish people was what he said at Mount Sinai I want you to be my priests to all the world. Like, You used to have this priest, but now all of you are going to be priests to all the world. And I think it's what God would say to the evangelicals today. You're supposed to be displaying my goodness as priest to all the world, telling all flesh how, how much I love them and how valuable they are. And instead, we're becoming protective of our own religion and our own nation, even to the point of voting a terrible man into president of the United States in 2016, because he said, good things about us. And we thought he would put us in charge of the government and the country. And that shows how far off we are. And so this was Jonah. And God said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to go preach to them. And Jonah said, the hell no in fact not only will i not go to nineveh i hate those people so much god and i want you to partner with my hatred so much i'm going to go in the opposite direction and uh, as you know the story which may or may not be true it may it may be allegory it may not it may be fable i'm not going to argue that and i really don't care i still think it's a great story for us to learn from in the story god provided a vehicle to take jonah back in the direction he wanted to go that vehicle the bible says was a big fish And a big fish swallowed him up. It wasn't a whale, by the way. You've heard the story of Jonah and the whale. The Bible does not say whale. It says a big fish, which doesn't, it could have been a whale. And they may just not have known the difference between a whale and a fish at the time. The whale being a mammal and a fish not being a mammal. But um, it says a big fish took him back to Nineveh and spit him up. And so here we have Jonah. He goes back to Nineveh this place that he hates they are the enemies of his people by the way you may not know this but Nineveh where Nineveh was located is the um it was is the city today of Mosul do you know what Mosul has been famous for in recent years it was the capital of Isis so think of that think of Nineveh in terms of Mosul being the capital of Isis would you think that god would love Mosul and Isis and say Jonah, I want you to go tell my good news to those people. And what if God told, told you to go there and speak to Mosul and tell those the, the ISIS people when they were in charge of the city, God loves you. Now, we may say, well, his message was repent or God's going to destroy you. And I could do that message. But what do we know about the message? Well, when we go to chapter four, we'll learn Jonah didn't want to preach that message because he knew that that message was for God's mercy for those people and God and Jonah didn't want God to have mercy for those people. So let me read chapter four. And this is the chapter I think every American evangelical Christian should be required to read every year. And I'll tell you why when I'm finished, but this is, so Jonah has preached, the people have repented and God's mercy is over the country. And Jonah is yet hopeful. Maybe, 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 God will still blow up the city of Nineveh as I want him to. So, and as I read this Christians, think of yourself as Jonah in this chapter. I love how it starts. It says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry and he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish in the opposite direction of Nineveh. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. So, Jonah is saying, God, I didn't want to come here because I knew that you were going to have mercy for these guys. I knew it. So if Jonah was able to go there and say, here's a message God's going to destroy you if you don't repent and then walk out and God blow it up, why wouldn't he do that? We would all love that. I get to tell my enemies they're going to get blown up and then I get to sit back and watch them blowing up. Wouldn't that be great? And uh, yeah, I see all those quotes and I love that you're here and I love that you're gay and thank you for being with it. Just please don't disrupt people who are just listening uh, to hear uh, the Bible talk and I'm talking to my friends on TikTok live and I think it's great you're here and we love you and you're awesome and God loves you a lot. But uh, please don't disrupt people who are just trying to listen to some Bible teaching now. So thank you for that. So Jonah is like, I knew God if I came and, and shared this message that you were then going to relent and love these people. And I didn't want that to happen. I wanted you to destroy these people. That's why I went in the opposite direction. So think about this, this Christian. Um, are you, are you one that would say, I need some of my, my moderators here today because we got some crazy people in that are saying things, um, Jonah is saying, I didn't want to come because I knew you were going to to help these people. And so he says this, God, just take me. I would rather be dead. I would rather be dead than live in a world where you have mercy on these people. Could you not imagine an evangelical saying that today? Like, God, rapture me out of this world because I can't stand the idea of you having mercy on these people. I would rather be dead. I would rather not live in this world than you have mercy on those gay people, God. I would rather not live in this world than you have mercy on those people of color or Ilan Omar or Joe Biden or those baby killers. Can you imagine an evangelical saying that? And I think all of us would say, yes, I can absolutely imagine evangelicals saying that. In fact, we play videos sometimes of them doing it. And this is what Jonah is saying. I would rather be dead than live in a world where you have mercy on my enemies that I have judged to be terrible. Now listen to the Lord's response to Jonah here in verse three of chapter four, um, excuse me, verse four. So Jonah says in verse three, oh Lord, please take my life from me for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry? And I want to put that In the parlance of modern day life, I think God said to him, how's that attitude working out for you, Jonah? How how are you doing with that right now? Do you think I'm proud of you at this moment? Do you think your rightness is keeping you intact with me? Or do you think I'm extremely displeased with your racist, nationalistic, religionist view? of the Ninevites. I think he would say the same he would say to the evangelicals like, do you think I'm really thrilled with your anti-abortion stance when you treat people like shit? You've heard it say, don't murder. But I say, if you call somebody a baby killer, you're the one worthy of hellfire. Read the Bible in its context sometime. And God says to Jonah, do you do well to be angry? And so then we have this story where Jonah goes and sits outside, still hoping, still hoping that God will blow up the city at this point. And this plant grows up to give him some shade and he loves it. And then the plant dies. We see this story. And and now Jonah is not only pissed off that Nineveh is not going to be destroyed, he's pissed off at God that his plant died and he's upset. And Jonah is really pissed off again, and he asks again for God to kill him and says, it is better for me to die than to live. And in verse 9 of chapter 4, God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry about the plant? And I love Jonah's answer because Jonah is getting real and being honest with God. And he says, yes, I do well to be angry. (laughs) God's asking him a rhetorical question. And Jonah says, you know what? Hell yeah, I'm going to be pissed. I don't care what you say, God, I am pissed at these people. He says, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord says, you pity the plant, which you did not labor for, and you did not make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh? that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle. The end. That's where it ends. This is what I love about Jonah chapter four. And this is why a Christian should have to read this chapter, seeing themselves as Jonah. We read We read Jonah one through three and we feel pretty good about ourselves. Well, let's go to chapter four and listen to ourselves saying, God, I don't wanna live in the world where I have to bake a cake for a gay wedding. I don't wanna live in a world where I have to give healthcare that pays for somebody's abortion. I don't wanna live in a world where I have to pay for anybody's healthcare at all. And God says to us, do you do well? you care about this stupid little shit that I don't care about. And you want me to fight for your political party and your political battles and your anti-tax stance and your anti-abortion stance and your anti-gay stance when I'm just trying to get you to love people. And Nineveh, which I'm sure Jonah felt rightly, just like we would feel about Mosul and ISIS, we would feel rightly justified to want God to punish them. And he's saying to Jonah, I'm not supposed to care about those people. You care about a damn plant dying, and I'm not supposed to care about 120,000 people? You're nuts, Jonah. And by the way, you're apostate and you're sick and you need to repent and change. And I believe it's what God is saying to the boomer generation of the American evangelical church today. You guys are freaking nuts. If you think I care about a stupid cake at a wedding when you don't care about people dying and in poverty and oppression all over the world. And even more so in your own backyard and I'm the God of your church? Grow up. Do you do well to think that way? It's nuts. So when you're in your church this Sunday singing Lee Greenwood, I'm proud to be an American, just hear God in your ear saying, do you Do well. Do you do well? Those patriotic songs, that American flag, they shouldn't be in the church. Because the church is about the kingdom of heaven, advancing that kingdom that will bring the spirit of God and God's goodness on all people. Not just your race, your religion, and your country. God is not interested in making America great again. God is interested in making America's heart pure toward the oppressed and the poor and the marginalized and the foreigner. And if you believe otherwise, read chapter four of Jonah and put yourself in Jonah's place and say, God, I want to be dead. I don't want to even live in a world where you have mercy on those people and see what God says to you. Because I believe his answer is going to be, do you do well to think that way? So I just speak blessing over us today to be able to understand the story of Jesus, which wasn't to come and make Israel great again, which wasn't to come and make America great again. It was to come and set everyone who felt oppressed free. And that we partner with Jesus in that mission to set the captives free, to bring healing to the blind, comfort to the discomforted. And if we do that, then we're Christian people who actually look like Christ. And the world will be a better place with people being the best they can be in trying to look like Christ. Amen. Do you believe that? Don't forget, for those of you watching this on YouTube on Saturday morning, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., our Sunday community. It's our online spiritual gathering for those who may have lost your community of faith through deconstruction or COVID. You can join us and we share life together. And then we share in the spiritual tradition of Taking communion together, so I hope you join us for that. And don't forget, subscribe to my Patreon page, Patreon.com/slash NPE Podcast. Our podcast this week was such an amazing podcast. Rev Brandon Robertson from TikTok. If you know Rev Brandon from TikTok, he was my interview this week. We did a public interview, which is out on the NPE Podcast, and then a private uh, podcast, which is on our Patreon page. And so you can find out all that information on TikTok in my link tree or on YouTube or at our website, pastor-paul.com or you can go straight to the Patreon page there at patreon.com slash NPE podcast. Also, don't forget... For those of you watching on YouTube on the recording on Saturday morning at 1030 this morning, 1030 Pacific, my wife and I will be doing our monthly live stream, Paul and Ashley live talking about religion and politics. Hope you'll join us for that and we'll see you then. I bless you. I bless your holiday weekend. You can love America and be patriotic this weekend. I love it. Let's just not take it into the churches and let's just not sing that really cruddy, horrible Lee Greenwood song because I hate that song so, so much. But let me tell you, the national anthem is not a worship song, period. What would Jesus do? He wouldn't raise his hands in worship in a church service to the national anthem, not even to God bless America, because he would say, we're from a kingdom higher than your country to bring the goodness of God, not to just our country, not to just your neighborhood, but to all the world. Amen. Amen. Thank you for watching on YouTube. Hope you've enjoyed Pastor Paul's Bible Talk.